want to welcome you all back. We have Portia here. We're really excited to have a really powerful conversation today about deep mentorship is equals reparenting. And uh, yeah, yeah. Portia, how are you doing today? I'm just a little checking. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I'm feeling in a lot of ways. I'm feeling well in my body, um, considering that I've just been dealing with sickness for the past couple of weeks and I uh, have, I was able to just like go outside and get some air and walk so just appreciating the more that I can feel my 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 lungs being able to breathe fully so to be able to be here and be present around such an important topic deep mentorship equals reparenting just feels like home to me and hmm. Yeah, I think this gives us some backstory because Holistic Resistance was born out of a mentorship program. Mm -hmm. And a mentorship program was born out of me mentoring you right. around the age of like 11 or 12, 13, 13 mm -hmm. um, that time frame. So in that context, in a lot of ways, the birthing of Holistic Resistance started with you being mentored by myself. Um, and I think that that's just, it just feels important in the journey of how important and critical and life-saving mentorship can be. Right. Um, one of the the curiosity I have for you is what was it what was it like on your end um, being mentored in a nutshell? Like, what was that like to start the journey of getting support in, in, a, in a pretty hard time in your life? Yeah, you know, just about any time I think about the mentorship program, Aaron, it's interesting because one of the thoughts that come to me is like. I had a hard time. I had a hard time with like receiving it and actually being trustworthy that this was a program that was gonna be for me, that was actually gonna hold me and see me because I had come from an environment where I oftentimes didn't feel seen um, or heard. And I was, you know, just navigating a lot. Um, just the way that, you know, as we talk about the black carnage that was in my space and so, it's almost like I, I felt like the deep mentorship felt like vegetables to me. It was like I don't want to eat it, but I know it's good for me because I had a lot of skepticism. I had a lot of skepticism around like, is this actually gonna be here for me? And as I grew in the uh, deep mentorship program, and by growing, I mean opening my heart up and and being open and willing. I, and this is after you know you've put in time working with me, reaching for me, not giving up on me, even in moments where it was hard for me to trust. Um, it, it's become very clear to me that the de-mentorship program is what saved my life. And I, I am very, very much so clear in that. One of the things I was sitting with for myself, Aaron, it's just like in relation to talking about you choosing to mentor me and be in a mentoring space. Um, I'm curious of like, what made you choose that lifestyle, you know, because the, to be a mentor is a lifestyle and the way that we chose to be it, you know, because we saw a lot of we saw a lot of blind spots in, in, in other mentoring programs where that it was like, okay, we only meet once a week or we only have a certain time frame. But I 
am clear that when we say for the deep mentorship program that we are reaching for a lifetime and here we are you know going going on almost a decade and some change of, of reaching for each other and I'm no longer really a mentee but more of a, a more of a peer more of we, we mentor each other we support each other but in that I'm curious of what why you chose mm. to be a deep mentor and and what keeps you in that for yourself yeah that's a good question I, I think for me when I look at the situation that I was in growing up having dyslexia and struggling in school, uh, support was critical. Mm. Uh, if someone didn't reach out and give uh, encouragement, a reminder that um, I could be seen or held or thought deeply well of, um, there was a very, very ready, well-oiled machine that was the mass incarceration mm. right, of black men that was waiting for me and it doesn't take much for me to be there and without the hands of Aunt Louise Aunt Juanita my mother my father my older brother my older sister um, hands that mentored in very different ways but mentored me I wouldn't have a chance to survive the, the, the place called America and Right around the time when I started mentoring you, I made some promises. I made some promises to myself and to my community that if I had any kind of stability, anything to offer, I would hand out my hand to help someone else and not just take the the uh, blessing of being supported to mentor. And so I, I made that clear to myself and didn't know exactly when I would start, how it would start. Mm. Mm. And it started with you. And so for me, it's it's part of my responsibility. I don't think I'd live with myself if I um, took all the, the labor of our community. You know, it had some limitations. It wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. But if I took that, that labor, that investment of our community and my community and just took it and ran with it, I couldn't I couldn't go to sleep at night. I couldn't live with who I am. I couldn't live with the examples that were given before me. Mm-hmm. And that still feels true to my heart today. So for me, um, I entered in because I had to. Mm-hmm. It was a part of, I could I, if I wanted to breathe and, and uh, feel fully human, I had to reach my hands out to my peoples. And so that's part of who I am. So I, I, that's what bring me into the work. Um, I, I'm honored by all those that have saw me as a young child, angry young child. Um, and did not give up on my heart, did not give up on my potential, and still have it. Still invested there. Yeah. Their words and prayers are still in the air around me. Mm. <sighs> Great question. Thank you. Thank you. One of the things I'm I'm curious about because now you're mentoring, right? So, mm-hmm. um, it's a big responsibility. It's a a, a massive amount of labor and now we're in COVID so it gets more complicated but yeah. I'll be curious of how your journey has been for the last say five years of the deep mentorship program that you've been developing for yourself yes what does it feel now to be in the in the in the, in the driver's seat of reaching for hearts and minds of folks that may be deeply hurt 
I think it's I think I think it's clear to me that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. I, I think I have no I have no doubts or or qualms about like am I supposed to be doing this or am I supposed to be doing something else? I and I and I feel like when I slow down my life experience that it became very clear as to why I was mentored, you know. Mm. I felt like there were many steps that led up to me saying I want to as it goes back to what you named around like seeing the labor seeing the labor and seeing what was invested in me and um you know understanding that a lot of these young african heritage folks that i'm mentoring and that i'm with you know they need someone to keep reminding them that life is worth fighting for that there, there there's a lot of places in their life in which they could easily um they could easily be in a space in which they're wondering, hey, when when does my life matter enough that there's a space on this world where I can feel seen, where I can feel connected, where I can feel heard? And I literally try to build that. You know, I try to build this 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 safety space, the space in which I'm able to guide them. And so, in a lot of ways, what this experience has been like for me is it's been a it's been a non-linear learning of what it means to be a mentor. It's one thing to be a mentee, but it's a whole nother space when you say, yeah, I'm going to take the responsibility of helping you continue to shape and grow and and, and, and undo the hurts that were given to you and, and looking at those trauma stories and being patient with yourself and loving yourself through that process. So I think that there's definitely been uh, more so than anything is a and even in the pain you know the reality is is that there's a deep joy mm. there's a deep deep joy in my heart to know that these are folks who are saying hey Portia I feel like there's something that you can offer me and mm. that I can be able to gain that's not just for me but for the next generation because we realize that it's clear to me that people are being impacted because I was mentored by you, right? Mm-hmm. It's clear that you people are being impacted be, uh, or you're, you're impacting people because you were mentored, mm-hmm. because you were supported, right? Yeah. So it's become really clear to me that there's a domino effect mm-hmm. and that one domino is not knocking over j- just by itself, but someone else is supporting, someone mm-hmm. else is, is holding, you know? And so I'm clear that I'm a part of that domino effect and that I'm not the end result, but I'm a part of the of the process. And so I wanna make sure that I do that part. And I think some of the most challenging parts is watching them learn how to swim, right? And saying, hey, I remember when I struggled there and thinking back like, oh, this is, this is what mentorship felt like me, but wait, you're a whole nother human being. You have your own set of stories. You have your own set of trauma stories. Okay, how do I tailor what my, how do I tailor my thinking and my customization of supporting you in the ways that I feel like would be most beneficial and effective to you? And and really, when it's all said and done, I, I feel like there's been a mixture of that. Mm. There's been challenge, there's been pain, there's been joy, but most importantly is there's a level of resiliency that, that keeps us continuing to reach for each other's hearts and minds. And to me, that is the root of what I learned through working with you, honestly, Aaron, is that is really about what is it like to just keep trying? Mm-hmm. Even if you're stumbling, even if it's not always exactly the way it should be, there's a love that is that is that is unwavering that will be there 
and to know that is one of the biggest things that I that I gained that I try to give to them. It's like it's okay. That's that's I have a I have a, you know a rap I was working on and and a phrase came up that was like it's it's okay. It's the way that we grow. It's the way that we mold, right? And I heard that phrase and I was just like, yeah, it's okay to make mistakes. It's mm -hmm. the way that we grow. It's the way that we mold. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of these young folks, they don't get a lot of chances. Mm -hmm. And so there's that extra tension around mm -hmm. making mistakes. Yeah. It's huge. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You know, speaking of this conversation of what it means to like, be with these young folks and give them space to grow and all these things some would say sounds like you're kind of parenting <laughs> you know <laughs> sounds like you're kind of in the space of like supporting and and parenting or reparenting these folks and i'm curious if you would speak a little bit about that because one thing that's true to me and my story is that i saw a lot of places that i had to be retaught I had to learn how to rethink and, and, and reassess the way I looked at the world and how I looked at myself and all these things. And a lot of that was done through questions. I know it was one of your biggest conversations with me, but I'm curious if you would speak a little bit more to what, not just the deep mentorship as a whole, but specifically the element of reparenting, revisioning uh, with young African heritage folks and, and even starting with myself of what that experience has been like for you. Yeah, I think reparenting was born when I, I remember sitting down with a mother, a family actually, a mother and father, and I was taking in one of their children into my mentorship program. They had five children total. And I saw very clearly that even though they had five children and loved them so deeply, that they were ill-equipped for what it took to actually help their children survive. And this has nothing to do with their intelligence or their desire. They had all the heart, but it was just the perfect storm of the trauma story that the children were holding perfectly lined up with the soft spots or the hurt spots for their parents. And so it was a constant riff happening to the point that the trauma was so deep, they couldn't live in the same room with each other. They couldn't be in the same house hardly together. They were just, and this, this child was getting close to adulthood. Um, and they were in a large city like Los Angeles. So. In that, in that container, I, I realized that if we didn't do something, if this didn't work, there was no, there's no backup here. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things I do with reparenting or deep mentorship is I ask myself, can I see them? Mm -hmm. Can I see them? Mm -hmm. And I ask myself the question, not just once, but like a hundred times throughout the, the early process. And, and it continue on, but it's loud. That question is really loud the first, but can I see them? And I say that not because reparenting is hard because we're not, you know, we're not dealing with uh, having therapists and doctors and mm. medication and mm. we got Jesus mm. and a shelter, you know? <laughs> and, and I say that not kiddingly, like, it's not just that we're against therapists or we're against doctors, it's that the trauma story this young black folks sitting with is I don't trust the doctor. Yep. I don't trust the therapist. And, and I'm gonna tell you something, finding a therapist where we live that can actually even hold black stories at all. Right. It's Look, so hard. It's just not there. It's just not available. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about the other trauma that black folks carry yeah. around there. So we don't have therapy 
Oftentimes, you know, by the time you find that therapist, now you gotta go help your mentee be okay with exactly moving towards exactly. That. We have to work with them on our end, so they actually feel safe enough, have exactly. the capacity to go in there exactly. and be with the therapist, and actually really benefit from that experience. That usually comes on us first. Right. So we're not anti having a professional on site, but that's not available. Right. Right. Trauma story makes that available. That's a, a white oppressive systems made it very clear that they're not trying to get mental health support for for black children that mm. we're getting. So I knew that as a reparenter, my goal was to be a therapist. My goal was to be uh, a father. My goal was to be a mother. My goal was to be a friend at times. My goal was to be um, a disciplinary to help them get straighten things up and, and, and call them into support. My goal was to reconnect them to the earth and also try and see them while I'm doing all of that. Right. Can you speak a little bit to that? Because I think I think everything you said, folks are like, yeah, therapist, a parent, a, a mother, a father. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you said connect to the earth. Can you mm-hmm. speak a little bit more about that? I think that it, w- it would be really well, powerful well, to go well, into that. Well, we find that when I look at can I see you, one of my things I've seen to them is where are you hurting? Mm-hmm. Where are you hurting? Oftentimes, the, the, the hurt so... Oftentimes, when I get young folks, they say, this kid's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a liar. This is a thief, or this kid's fighter. He's a fighter. You know, so they, they literally don't even call them by their name. They just kind of name them by the last offense mm. that they did. The, the adult that usually hand them off is you're that thing you did. You're a murderer. Whatever, you know, whatever that is, you're a thief. You're a rapist. If we define these horrific things by you're not even a person anymore. You were never an infant. You were never a human. You're now a murderer. And I understand that murder is a horrible thing, but none of that. I've never met a murderer that wasn't a baby first, mm. right? So for me, it, it, there's a there's a level of connectedness yeah. to the earth that really is about connecting them back to themselves. Right. And I oftentimes grab a clay ball at some point right. in a mentorship program, and I say, when you die, you'll turn into your cell phone. You turn to this, <laughs> right? Now I don't try to mock the cell phone. The phone was amazing. But there's a way in which sometimes for someone to ground themselves, to try and even start to self-heal, to self-soothe in a really real way, it's good to remember where you are. Not like, oh, I'm in America. That's useful to know at some point. Yeah. But where are you? You're on the earth. Like, let's go out and touch it. Yeah. Let's go be with it. Yeah. And I think that came to me, living in the earth though, because I saw that it was no longer the separate thing. That the earth was the thing that nourished us, that the food and the, the everything that we, the wood that we use to build our houses came and comes from the, the earth. earth. But right. when you're in a large city, Los Angeles, you're somewhere in a large city, even a large city, right. you can go a long time and never touch it. Right. Not not knowingly, it's a right. cement, it's plastic, it's a car, more cement, more right. plastic, more. It's all very much been touched by man. Right. And so that has a, a wearing impact on your nervous system. And so when we bring mentees into our mentorship program, just ones that are living with us, yep. is we, even the ones that aren't, but the ones that are definitely with us, we want to take them outside at Earthfield. Right. We'll go out and see some Muscovy ducks or some some chickens and some eggs, and yep. you raise a, a baby chick from a baby chick all up to adulthood, and, yep. and then you, get, you butcher it, and, and the, the, the cycle of life and death, and understand you don't just go to the store and like, I some nuggets, to so know that those nuggets <laughs> lived inside of a human, mm-hmm. not a human being, lived inside of a chicken mm-hmm. at some point, yeah. and was harvested by a human being, and that was labored over. So when you do that thing yourself, you're like, I'm, I'm not gonna throw this food away. Yeah. You know, so this this is all part of being grounded to the earth. So this yeah. is kind of 
regrounding help them settle into yeah. being a human being. And I could, I could speak a little bit to that experience too. And that's why I really appreciate you slowing that piece down because I can think back to when, um, when you very first was building your earth dome and I was really intrigued by it. And I was just like, wow, like, what is this? And, and I remember, you know, the more I got into the space, the more I started to realize like, wow, this is like empowering. It's not, and I, and I thought about this as like, it's not just a touch piece, but it's also like a mentality piece that when you have, you know, when you're, when you're a young black person and coming from poverty and not having a lot, not knowing what, what, what vision looks like, what it looks like to build your own, what it looks to create, to, to own, right? And there's this place in which you can really just, there's a, I remember being, you know, clear that I wanted to create my own shelter after, after seeing the earth dome. And I never, I never thought about, I never thought about that previously. And obviously like that's a longer story, but one of the significant pieces I'm thinking about is I remember touching the earth and there was a way that I felt also embodied mm. in ways that I never felt before. Mm. And I remember coming to you and be like, Aaron, I'm, I'm like, I'm experiencing something. Like I'm experiencing tears. I'm experiencing feelings of, in ways that I don't, I don't feel when I'm watching TV in ways that I don't feel when I'm, when I'm, when I'm playing a video game or, 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 or something that doesn't require me to slow down and notice the nature of my feet and above my head, you know? And that, that to me just feels very nourishing. And I think to our chronically undertouched support group and like how we are working with these young black men to, to actually, I remember just them starting out and, and understanding what it meant to be close to each other, mm. you know, just like, yeah, we, as black men, we can, we can yeah. hold each other's hands and we can look each other in the eyes and we can fill each other's heart. And if you have some tears, that is welcomed as well. And guess what? You're a whole man. Mm. You're, you're still a whole man. Right. And I, and I can see the places in which they're moving through that. And if, and, and then you, you get a little clay ball and you have that next to them. Right. And they're like, wow, like this feels hard. This feels uncomfortable. This, but at the same time, this is good for me. Right. So I think there's so much there that I just really, really appreciate and thinking about. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, I think I think one of the things I know we're gonna, we're gonna stop the podcast here soon, but I just want to say that you're right. I think when it comes to taking on the touching of the earth and and relearning how to touch each other yeah. in healthy platonic ways yeah. is such a interruption of so many trauma stories that come into come to our, our, our communities and i think for me when we track someone that is suffering from mental illness i can guarantee you they're crying under touch on some level mm. they're somewhere on the spectrum mm. and i can almost guarantee you they don't have enough time with the earth as, as well yeah and so we start learning that yes therapy is good yes sometimes yeah. you need medication yes these are things important but i'm shocked every time how we can get ahead of the trauma yeah. by allowing young folks to be with each other, yeah. to get their touch needs met in a very skillful and thoughtful and platonic way, yeah. and then make a part of their touch plan, which is another podcast, mm-hmm. part of their t- touch plan mm-hmm. is the earth. It's exactly. a part of it. The the earth is like, in, in a lot of ways from what I've seen and I've witnessed, is like the earth is the gateway to an embodied experience for yes. a lot of these folks. Yes. It's like, wow, this is... So I can, I can, I can, I can feel this on my skin. I can notice this. I remember the first time we just had them put clay on mm-hmm. their hands mm-hmm. and just feel it yeah. and the ways that they're like, 
kind of feels you know like they're yeah, just yeah. they were just like yeah. in it and so there's so much there that i feel is just really powerful about that so i'm really excited about deepening more into that with you thank you thank you all for listening um to our uh, podcast around deep mentorship and reparenting such an important part of holistic resistance it's kind of a, a unsung part it's not something we we, we talk too much about yeah. but we're talking more about it now because it's to me more important now than ever for us to have more reparenters in the world um, more people holding up community and building it for these marathon journeys because mentorship is a lifelong program we don't have people join our program and they go oh you're you're 25 and they graduate people they graduate when they are able to stand on their own two feet they don't so there's no graduation but there's a part of our Mm -hmm. lifelong commitment this Mm -hmm. is like parenting we don't ever um, as long as we're living in our half of our right minds, we, we reach for these young folks. Unless exactly. they say, I would like to leave your program, and then they can leave it at any point. But as long as they're desiring help and we can safely give it, we do that. And that's the journey that we're on. This is not a, oh, you're 18 now. And usually 18 is when they most likely get locked up. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that our program mm-hmm. is through 18 by a long shot. So thank you, Portia, for being here with us. Thank you for yeah. being that first mentee for myself. Yeah. And being a gateway for so many things to come after you. Yeah. Oh, it's such an honor, Aaron. It's such an honor to be able to to be on this uh, podcast and and to be able to do do this work. Uh, I think it's quite clear to me that deep mentorship program, and I say this often, is one of the most undervalued um, work. Um, and I, I just think it's so powerful to think about the ways that reparenting is in the is at the roots of that. Yeah. And I just feel really really excited about um all the listeners and and all you all who are listening to this podcast just um yeah deep gratitude for taking the time to be with us today and and aaron just you know love as usual because the truth is deep mentorship saved my life and i i will always always be grateful because of that thank you portia i will also say to all the parents out there and folks that may be taking our parenting program either now or in the future that this is something we're going to go in deep in depth about about what we had to navigate how we've navigated and how we've gotten ahead of the yeah. trauma and how we want to collaborate yeah. with your hearts and minds as you are taking on one of the most important jobs on the planet and that is caring for other human beings to grow them to the world uh, to survive a very complex world if you're parenting now in 2020 and in a very uh, this pandemic and shelter in place and mm-hmm. education to food supplies are all being questioned yeah um my heart is with you absolutely we are here with you and we were looking forward to building a network of support so you don't do this alone much love we'll talk soon much love